Hey, my name is Chad. Welcome to the Contemporary Controversy Podcast. Let me first start off by saying thank you for giving me a listen. The only way this happens is with an audience. My goal is to create content for y'all to create a culture in which we can have these conversations. I ultimately want this to honor the Lord. With that being said, I have a bigger vision for this podcast. Call me crazy, and some of you may, but it is a vision of mine to have my own podcast studio, have a merchandise line, and have a podcast team, and create more content. Yes, this is a hobby, but I want this to be a ministry as well. Here's the thing. Producing content requires equipment, and equipment is not cheap. So yes, this is the part where I'm asking for financial assistance. However, I understand this may not be for everyone, and that's okay. All I ask is that you consider a donation. The only way this happens is from the support of individuals around me. Know that any money sent in will be put to good use. First, let me say, every donation, and yes, every donation, 15% of that will go straight towards Compassion International or a Christian charity of your choice. And it will be put to use to buy equipment, invest into the podcast-related items, give my podcast manager, Matt, a little something, and any side personal expenses. Please pray on this. And if you give, there are plenty of ways to give. Listen below. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the Contemporary Controversy Podcast, part two of a series that we are doing, talking about youth in the 21st century. Welcome back, Matt. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's been a long time. A couple minutes. (laughs) But on today's episode, we're going to be talking about specifically more along the lines of how do we practically implement some of the things that we are talking about. We talked about some of the pros and cons within youth today, things that maybe we could do better, uh, lack of substance, I guess you should say, within youth group today. So I guess the question now is, you know, what now? And what do we do about this? So I think one of the first things that we would like to address is what is the role of a leader in the church to begin with? And, you know, you can kind of tailor that to be more along youth as well. Okay. So, yeah, um, in the church in general, the role of the leader is to shepherd the flock of God. That is what the responsibility you've been given, and you can take that down to the youth level. That is your responsibility to shepherd that flock of students and to lead them ultimately to God and help them to grow and because that is the goal of everything as Christ followers. Okay. I actually have a really good passage that ties into the flock. It'd be Acts twenty twenty eight says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all of the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. So essentially he's made a sacrifice for us and as leaders of the church, it is our call and duty to be careful, especially leaders in the church, you know, youth pastors, pastors, um, whatever role you hold, even, I would even say volunteers. I mean, you play a major role in the church. And so, 
leaders in the church are are huge, and volunteers in the church are huge because you do have a responsibility. I know Scripture touches on this too with, you know, you talked about earlier, uh, it's 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. As you talked about earlier, we don't have much to say, but that does. The Bible has everything to withhold on this. Now, you talked about earlier, uh, behind the set, you were talking about uh, the tree analogy, uh, and you talked about how that ties into leadership in a way. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, it's an analogy I like to use a lot for a lot of things, but the idea is the same throughout all. And so, um, if you have this giant tree and all these kind of branches going all kinds of different directions, um, this tree represents our life. And so, we'll take... And we'll water, you know, these different branches and wondering, you know, why isn't this problem going away? Why isn't this problem being solved? We'll dump the water on the branches. And then, you know, when we figure out where we've been putting the water in the wrong place. You don't put the water on the branches to make a tree grow. You put it on the roots. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to just take care. You don't have to go around and do each and every individual problem. You put it on the roots and the roots Take, they grow, and then it takes care of all of those problems. And so relating that to leaders in the church, we ourselves have to make sure we are grounded and we have the roots and we're putting the water where it needs to go. And specifically, our relationship with God, our connection, our roots, per se. Yeah, and honestly, I'm just going to say what's on the top of my mind to kind of jump on to piggyback off that is... You can have a tree and um, without branches or anything else, but regardless of how much you put on that tree, it's it's not going to grow. It's like it, with this tree itself is a good example. I mean, the tree by itself is, is fine and it looks nice, but to kind of add some features to it, you can put ornaments and all that. But at the end of the day, the only way this tree can grow is by putting the, the roots in, in or pouring water into the ground. So this kind of ties into that we were talking about games and all that. If you're only pouring things that don't have a lot of substance on your students, so if you're only pouring games and fun and all these things on your students, when they walk away from youth, there's not going to be any growth. You have to water them with the word, and because the only way that tree will ever um, stand outside its zone is if it's remained in the roots in which uh, the Lord has put you, you know, with Scripture. So that's a really good analogy. So yeah, I think that that's a huge part. Leaders play a massive role in youth ministry and in the church together. Also. You know who else plays a massive role in youth and in the church? I do, Chad. These students themselves have a role whether they know it or not. Yes, they do. You students of, no matter where you're at, no matter what church you're at, Robinwood students, uh, Ridgeview Church students, First Baptist Forney students, there's many students out there. You all play a part in youth in some way or another. Um, I think we forget about that because I think students are the ones who are out in the world and 
members of the church are out in the world as well. Again, we talked about this earlier. We are called, as leaders, we're called to essentially equip the students so that they can go out and be disciples to other people. So students play a role in that manner, but what are other practical ways in which students can uh, even serve or play uh, you know, role models to other students? Yeah, so uh, first one, uh, show up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah. If you can't learn if you're not here. Yeah, yeah I know this is a pandemic, crazy times, and you know we got Zoom stuff going on, but all that kind of stuff. But show up, just participate, be there. Yeah. Come, you know, ready to learn and prepare yourself. You know, students, I could even take it down to a level and say, pray before you're taught. You know, God, please speak to me here. But... Yeah, that's one thing. Just show up. Yeah, and on top of that, there's some students uh, in your group and other groups, they're probably really gifted at certain things. And I know that every church is different. There's some churches that are, uh, they have youth-led worship teams or, uh, you know, students who are welcoming students as they walk in, whatever that role may be. But if you're a student who's like, man, I'm really gifted at singing or I'm really gifted at playing the guitar or I'm just an extrovert and I'm really good at introducing myself to other students, those are roles that are so crucial in the body of Christ, especially in the youth group because a youth group is a place in which many students are trying to figure out where they lie in not only in the world but in the church and kind of trying to figure out their identity. And so if we can put all of those roles together and all those gifts together, it helps the church operate so much more efficiently. Yeah, you say that, and that makes me think, um, you might be thinking of this passage too, you or whoever's watching this. Paul talks about, you know, the body of Christ. Each is a different part, a different member of the body. You know, he's like, an arm can't do anything by itself. No. A foot can't do anything by itself. It takes the whole body together to accomplish the goals that Christ has set out. For them agreed agreed now we in the first video we talked about games okay we talked about kind of how games could be a good thing and we don't want to dwell on this too much but what are i guess practical ways in which we can do gaming and even a more important point that maybe we could talk about is the motives behind gaming what is your motive like do you do you want to draw more students and that's a reason a lot of churches will do it to draw more students and it shouldn't be about numbers at the end of the day. It's, we're trying to get them in for a reason. So how do we implement this in a, a practical, healthy way? So I'll be frank. I enjoy games. They yeah. are fun. That's why games are here, really. I mean, uh, yes, it's like, in, in all honesty, yes, game, we do use games to help kids come because, like I said earlier, we could just tell them, um, hey, guys, you know what? Come up. We're going to talk about the bug. We're going to read through the Bible, and then we're going to go home. Yeah. Now, I know some of you that might be, I might be stepping on some toes right there. But, you know, let's be honest. Not every student is going to say, yeah, I want to go to that. Now, I know we're getting into areas where it's like, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, going there and thinking about youth that way. But if we're looking at the practical side, which is what we're doing in this episode, it's, like I said last time, they are still, you know, they're, they're part kid and they're part adult. And so the games is the way that uh, helps uh, relate to them. Yeah, yeah. 
and probably creates somewhat of a safe environment too, yeah. to where they can let down their guard and just be who they are and created to be. And also, I want to say, you know, because, you know, the title of the uh, podcast is Contemporary Controversy, and one of the visions behind that name with Matt whenever he created it was essentially to uh, talk about some contemporary issues that are a little more controversial. And I would say, while this is not extremely controversial, it can be because it's there's a tension, I feel like, within the youth to where there's a lot of people you're trying to grow their youth groups, and through that, I feel like they they let down their standards and what God has called us to to draw on more students. And I'll say this as a warning, and a, uh, this is a practical thing, I think. If you are a leader of a church, uh, a leader of a church or a leader of a youth group, your students and your members should walk away more entrenched with the gospel than they should fund, period. Yes, we have games. We use them. They're fun. But when they walk away saying, man, I really like that game we did tonight. I hope we do it again tomorrow. Yeah, and, you know, and they've they've forgotten about the lesson already. Then that is the point when I would say that you failed. Yeah, and because we we are not called to. I mean, as as leaders and pastors, we don't want students and members of the church to feel necessarily condemned, but we do want to portray a message that is serious to say, like, hey, there is an eternity on the line, and we have a choice. It's Essentially, do we want to follow Jesus or not? And there's consequences if we choose to not follow Jesus. And if we follow Jesus, obviously there is eternal rewards at hand. So there's a reality. It, this is a life and death situation to where we play a crucial role in that mix because, again, students should walk away with substance. They should walk away with something that they can practically carry out into the real world yeah like we said last episode there's supposed to be a progression you start with the milk but eventually yeah you get on to the real food and you're supposed to continually take steps further and further agreed agreed i guess the question i would have is you know what is a way in which we can uh teach kids the gospel you know because we, I feel like we need to be careful, and maybe not even with kids, adults too. We don't want to water it down too much to to make it. I don't want to because I feel like one of the reasons students walk away is because we've dumbed down scripture too much. We've made it more about these stories, and while there is a lot of stories in scripture, if you just have just the story itself, but not the depth in why the story was created to begin with, then it's, it, in other words, you need, you have to know the author before you know the, the story. It, it, you have to know why he wrote the story. And so if we're simply focusing on the story and that's it, then we miss the big picture. So I guess like, what are practical ways we can teach the gospel uh, to students and to the church. So one thing you said there, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, it made me think of this, context is key. Yeah. When when it comes to learning any biblical passage, 
because you don't just you can pick one verse out or pick a section out and you know you can think it means this one thing and then you read the context before and after and try to figure out the author what they really meant and then it completely changes the meaning so context is key when it comes to learning but that's besides the point a little bit the um, teaching on the gospel so the gospel is universal yes we that is an agreeable point um, with youth it's the same deal it's universal and so but we do need to take it and put it in a form that they can learn it and so you're not going to teach the gospel to an 18 year old guy the same way that you're going to teach to a seven year old girl to a little girl yeah yeah or a 63 year old man it's just you're going to put it in a way that they can understand it so but relating to youth just make it relatable to them put it at a level that they see it and it becomes real food for them yeah yeah no that's good um all right one of the things i want to touch on too with like youth group and teaching kids about the gospel and our role in the church as uh, leaders but also students as well um is i think that one thing this kind of ties into the games is we have more of an emphasis on games. So while we have fun weekends like lock-ins, D-Nows, um, whatever the case may be, those are good things. But again, we don't want the students to walk away and go, man, that was so much fun. Because at the end of the day, and I know this to be the case being 31 years old, I graduated high school in 2008. I've seen multiple friends walk away from the church. And because I think that they lacked substance in the youth group in which I was in. And that's not a knock necessarily. I think there's just practical ways we can go about that. So one of the ways that I've seen this done well is teaching the students that being a follower of Jesus implements serving the church. So in other words, we're teaching students how to volunteer within the communities. So you as a youth leader, I don't know if you've had, you know, this experience within Robinwood, but, you know, I know that for us as Christians, we're called to serve other people. And so what are practical ways we can do that as a church and teach our students to be not only, we don't, here's the thing, we don't want more uh, butts in these seats um, just to gain numbers. That's the last thing we want. Our goal is if we're getting butts in these seats, we want these students to go out and make disciples. So it's not about numbers. It's about making disciples of Jesus. How do we do that? So you talked about service. First, let's start with service. Service is... Uh, like I said earlier, student leaders, they are the backbone of a, church, of a youth group. It's the same deal. Servants, you know, they, student leaders, they are servants. But they are, church members are the backbone of a church. It's not, you know, completely dependent upon the church staff to keep the doors open. No, like everyone is a body part, like a foot, hand, whatever you want to say. They are a piece of the church, and they all work together in unison to accomplish this goal. And so service is a huge part of any healthy church. If you want your church to be healthy, you must have servants and people, you know, service, serving. 
and uh, taking it to a youth level, um, you want to have this thing called servant leadership. You might have heard that before. You might not have. But servant leadership is huge. It's the way that Jesus taught and the way that he led. Yeah. Everywhere you go, if Jesus wanted someone to do something, first he did it himself. Yes. He served first. And, you know, he shows that even by his um, sacrifice, he loved because he, or we love because he first loved us. Agree. It begins with him. And so he demonstrates first and he serves. And so we want to be servant leaders and show, yes, we're leading you, but we're serving you as well. And we want to transition and give that to the students and help teach them how to become servant leaders. Because I don't want to be a leader up here sitting and saying, okay, I want you to you do this, you do this, awesome. I'm a king, and dictator, whatever, you know, that's not our goal. We want to serve you. That's the whole role of a Christian is serving. Agreed. And our king did that himself. Yes. Jesus was the ultimate example of this. It's funny you said that because it literally I'm playing in my mind about how God came down in flesh. He literally emptied himself out of every power that he essentially had. He was still God, but in the flesh, he emptied himself out and became humanity. Um, and ultimately, only to live a life to be uh, sacrificed on a cross so that you and I could have life. So he was an example. And he, while he did get a lot of spotlight, um, he ultimately pointed the finger back to God all the time. And so he is our example. I mean, he went out and did it, you know, and his, his will, you know, even before the cross, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. And so he is an example for leaders, for students to recognize that our mission, our identity is not tied up in um, what role we have in the church. It's, it's simply, we're called, we have two missions in, as a Christian, to love others and serve God. And, and that's it. And if we are not, to, or to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and to serve, to love others. And by loving others, it, it, it does that. So, so with that being said, there's a servant role <clears throat> that plays a part into all that. Now, one of the things that I think is crucial in um, helping a environment is to create more of a safe environment in the church. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. So how do you how do you think that how have you seen that done well? Um, honestly, you just let walls down and you show the kids that yeah you're accepted here. Um, you know, a lot of people, kids, even adults, everyone, we think, oh man, I got to go pretty myself up and get ready for God because I can't present myself to God like this. We tell ourselves that all the time, but the truth is. Um, you know, you've heard the songs, you've heard the teaching, come as you are, it's real. You know, Jesus says, just come to me as you are, and I'll do the cleaning, I'll do the fixing up. Yeah. And so... Yeah, and it begins with the leaders. Yes, it begins, yeah, we have to demonstrate that and say, you're welcome here the way you are. Jesus met people where they were. He didn't say, you come to me, you get yourself ready. He went to them in their crap. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus went to them in their struggles and reached his hand down and pulled them up out. 
Yeah, and on top of that, you know, something that I've found super beneficial is I've been a part of uh, multiple ministries in my life, and, you know, a lot of them are dealing with uh, issues that people struggle with. And, you know, in part of people coming to these these meetings and these groups is they want to share things that they're challenged by. But one of the things that I see is people, even adults, have a hard time opening up because they're fearful what other people may think about them or, or say about them. So I want to say this. For students, especially students and church members, first of all, we're called, we're not supposed to be gossip partakers. Uh, we are called to basically you know, carry each other's burdens, but we're not called to share our mess with everyone else. Uh, so we need to create a safe environment, not only as leaders in the church, but also students. Keep in mind that, you know, maybe you have a student in your group who is struggling with something that you kind of find odd or confusing and wondering why they, man, keep, keep it a safe environment because there will come a time in your life to where you may face a similar challenge or a different challenge. And if we don't have an environment where these youth can come in and feel safe and at home, it it definitely puts a hindrance. And the other thing I'll say on that is I know for me, I am a little bit more of an extrovert. I, I know Matt knows that I'm a talker. So naturally, I am a very vulnerable individual. And Matt, maybe not so much. He's not much of a talker as much as I am. Um, but I'll say this is I have a lot of friends who have told me in the past that by me being vulnerable and open with them, it creates a safe environment to where they feel they can be that as well. And I don't know if you could touch on this at all, but I know that maybe even from our conversations in the past, it does open up more doors if you're willing to be vulnerable. Now, with that said, be careful on who you share things with. Use discernment and wise judgment. And if you know that person's a gossiper, you should be a little more cautious. So is there anything you want to add on to that? No, yeah, I just agree. It definitely opens doors and makes people feel more comfortable because, you know, someone like you, an extrovert, sets the tone. And uh, it's just making people feel okay with showing who they are. Yeah, like, oh, I'm messed up too. Yes. It, <laughs> it makes people feel good to know that there's other messed up people in the world. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, this may be one of the last points we touch on. Because honestly, while we could sit here and make a list of like, these are things you should do, I think to wrap all of this up, this is like one of the most key points is we've pinpointed some of the failures of youth ministry, but also some of the pros in youth ministry. You know, I would say, how will we go about fixing this? We've already touched on some of that. I mean, I think prayer is a huge part in a lot of this because we are leading a generation in which um, is lost. Every generation has been lost, but it begins with leaders again. It, leaders and volunteers in the church. We we have to be praying for direction because if we are not dependent on who God is and where what kind of work He's doing, we're not going to proceed. So 
what are things that we can kind of wrap up this with in maybe more practical ways to, to help people out? We've talked about a lot of things. I don't, although we don't have a bullet point session of how things should be run, um, essentially, I think we can narrow it down to this to say that scripture is the ultimate uh, thing that we should be teaching students and students should be partaking in. We're not called to give them a, a good time of fun and youth. While that does play a part in it, um, we're called to give them substance. So, and a part of that substance is by us as leaders praying on a regular basis. So, is there anything else you would like to add on to that that would help people maybe have a better understanding of how we should implement this? Yeah. So, like you said, prayer is huge. It is the, like a key part. It's like the fuel in the gas tank, if, if you will. If you can't accomplish anything without prayer, because that's, uh, that's our direct line of communication to God and His is his word. And if you don't have those things in your life every single day, then you're not going to have his guidance and his direction. And yeah, there you go. But uh, one more thing that I did want to touch on. Uh, you met, you made me think of it earlier when we were talking about relating to youth and just creating a safe environment and all that is that what um, quote that I read in a book while I was in school um, it's passed by, by a pastor, and he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so just not to be cliche or anything, but, you know, love is the is a universal language. And once you show people that, you know, like, hey, I, I actually care about you, that it really opens them up. And it really, that's when your message gets across. Yeah, yeah. It, and listening, too. Yes, if you can't listen to your students and you can't create an environment where they are feel, you know, safe to share what's on their mind, um, it's easy to dismiss what they feel or you know say in that moment. So, um, I think those are a lot of good points uh, that we've talked about. Uh, I'll say this, you know, this is. The video podcasting is something new to us. Um, it's something that we want to implement more. Um, you know, I know this is a time of year in which maybe a lot of families are facing challenges as well. And so I want to say a, a Merry Christmas to everyone out there. I know that sometimes it can be a challenging uh, part of the year for families who may have lost loved ones or uh, families that are just not, um, you know, uh, to what they would like them to be. But, you know, Matt and I are here uh, for support and to pray uh, with you. And, you know, we would love to hear feedback on things that you feel we could have done better or uh, maybe a different background. Although this is Christmas, so this is the background we have, and we love it. And so let us know. Uh, things that we could do better, uh, any questions, students, if you have questions or maybe struggles or whatever else, feel free to email contemporarycontroversypodcast at gmail.com. Or just let me know. Or just in let person. Matt know in person. Um, but, you know, feel free to reach out. If you have questions, leaders, whatever, I can at least share 
practical advice in which I've discovered, Matt's discovered uh, over the years. So before we wrap up, I do, I want to add one more thing. Okay. Um, as we've been going through this two-parter today, um, and if you've been watching and, you know, we, we've been talking about a bunch of different things, knowing God, he is the way, you know, and I just want to say, if you don't know God and maybe you've realized, you know, you've been thinking about some of these things we're talking about and you want to know him, I just, I just want to say that um, the way that you do that, you know, is repentance, believing in Jesus, turning away from your sin, and he will give you eternal life. And so I just wanted to yes. give anyone an option to watching that's watching this right now to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior for the first time. Yes, and if you decide that you do want to make a decision to follow Jesus and you are like, what in the world does that look like? Please, please, please reach out, and I would be more than glad to send you resources and uh, walk you through that process or even connect you with someone. We'll get you connected to a local church or someone who can help you out, but that is the ultimate goal in life. That is why we do this podcast, as I said in the last episode. That's, that's why we do everything that we do, because we just want God to be known. Yes, correct. Well, that wraps up this episode, part two. So, Matt, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. And you will see his face again sometime soon, I'm sure. But thank you for joining the Contemporary Controversy podcast. Again, we can't do this without an audience. We need an audience to help promote this and to get the word out there. So if you feel led in any kind of way to donate, there is donation options below. Uh, this will be probably on Spotify as well. Um, but we will create a platform in which you can donate money to the podcast because uh, it requires equipment, it requires time, energy. Uh, this is my producer, my manager, and I need his help. And the only way I can do that is if I have more equipment. So donations below, 15% uh, of that will go to Compassion International. Uh, email is below as, as well. Um, and we will eventually get a website up and everything else. So thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe, hit the subscribe button below as well as the like button. And we will see you later. Have a good one.